Good morning, Remy. Good morning, Breck. It was a tough one. It was rough. I mean, we had to text each other that we weren't ready. And well, then I, no, I will tell you how that went. I went to bed early and woke up at 1.30 in this morning, 1.30 this morning panicked because I thought that I had overslept. Have you ever done that when you go to bed so early and then it just feels like you've slept forever? And I see that Remy had texted me at 9.30 and said, "Do are we doing this in the morning? And so I text her back and said, yes, I'll see you in the morning. I think I said that. And then I woke up at five o'clock this morning and seen Remy's text that said, I will be 10 minutes late. And I responded with, be later. And she said, how much later? I'm still in bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fact that you can do 10 minutes just cracks me up. I can't, I can't do, I can't get out of bed, brush my teeth, do something with my wild ass hair and get my coffee made in 10 minutes. Oh, you can see God. I'm super stressed. I didn't take a bit. I didn't take a shower this morning. So I usually take a shower before this. So. Oh, I don't take a shower in the morning. I take one at night. I like to just zone out in the shower. I just like to stand there. And talk to people. <laughs> totally like, normal, Remy. Totally like, normal. Me. No. Um, so oh my God. You, had an, your, you and your whole family had an amazing weekend last weekend. Yeah, pretty crazy because, uh, well, um, it just didn't feel like the stars were aligning for us to go. Oh, Remy disappeared. Sorry, my, my alarm went off. I have another alarm. Oh, <laughs> like, where did she go? We've been doing so good with this lately. Uh, but it just didn't feel like the stars were aligning for us to go. And uh, we didn't even know for sure until... Um, Wednesday night about seven that we were all going to go because it felt like we were all either staying home. I was staying home. We didn't really know. And um, well, the cattle thing was an issue. And then because of all that rain we had, we couldn't, well, I started to let horses out. I felt so bad Remy. I mean, I hate my horses being locked up in stalls. And um, the ground was just so deep and heavy from it. So I started to turn horses out and, well, I soared one of our seasoned ones. And then I had um, Bodhi's seasoned horse tied up because it was so deep. So um, it just felt like so many things. Um, but it was, it was cool. Like it, there's a lot of things that I'll remember from the weekend, but my favorite part would be that we left here at nine o'clock at night, um, threw a bunch of shit, like literally in bags in the trailer and grabbed coffees and me and Brandon jammed and talked all the way there. Uh, we rolled in at two o'clock in the morning. We were all laughing. Nobody was fighting, which that doesn't happen. Does it Remy? No, it does not. That does not happen when, nobody has a plan and it just kind of comes together. Um, so that was kind of a memorable thing to be unloading in Sin City when everybody else is going to bed. <laughs> we came up with the sun or we were so, up with the sun. Uh, for those of you that don't follow the pending and soaring stuff, um, Breck kicked ass this weekend and won a bunch of classes. Not a bunch from me. I won two. <laughs> More than one. And one of them was team penning, even though Breck says she doesn't like to team pen. I and know. The boys did really well. And uh, Brandon and Bronson won the big gambler class, which paid a lot of money. And I had texted Breck, I think, during the second or third go. I was like, not me screaming at my TV like it's my own kid. She's like, I can't even watch. I'm not even there. I can't. Well, I, um, are you superstitious? Yeah. yeah. I'm extremely superstitious. And, um, so <clears throat> I did all the checking out of the room and we just had so much stuff up there and I slept in on Sunday morning since I wasn't riding it. So by the time I got down to the arena, they'd already run. I think they hadn't got through the full first go yet, but they were almost done with it. And, they were doing really well. And I was like, I'm not going up there. And um, 
So I just stayed back the whole time. And for the finals, I had a really hard time making myself busy, but I decided that, um, you know, they, they did so well without me there before. Why would I want to be there for it? So I went back to the stalls and filled hay bags and, um, I could hear Rowdy announcing and it was silence. I heard the 32nd buzzer and then I just heard everybody screaming and Rowdy said, Oh my God, they just ran to Ned. And it was cool. Really cool. Oh, Phil. And, and you know, I think like it happened to me. I mean, I wasn't there, but at us finals, like trying to watch your kid from afar is it's, it's worse than for me. It's worse. It's more pressure than writing. I want my kids to do well so badly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's harder to watch them ride than for me to ride for big money. You know, and then it wasn't even about that, um, for me, it, because the older one would probably be nervous, but that little one, like the bigger the stage, the brighter he shines, he thrives on it. Um, Brandon was really nervous. Brandon, I know Brandon told you too, that he's like, it's one thing to be riding with somebody else, but the pressure of riding with your kid is immense. Um, so I, I, I know that he weighed heavy on him having to hold up his end of the bargain or deal with, for Bronson. Cause he yeah. would have felt bad. No, it, I mean, it's, it's it's different and it's different riding with your it's different riding with your kids so you know it was uh it was very cool for you guys but yeah yeah and so many Breck things was a, Breck was a real team Breck was a real team penner this weekend <laughs> well i do have to give a huge shout out to um because we were down well we still had six horses with us but only we had two with us that were team penning horses like ones that we were just team pinning on. And then um, Bronson's seasoned horse who he, he rides the shit out of him. So he's the only one who rides him. And then um, we had two three-year-olds with us and Brandon's mare who Brandon's mare is seasoned, but she hadn't been out in like a week. So she was like extremely full of herself about bucked him off before um, the show on Thursday. Uh, so me and Bodie rode three-year-olds who this was their second show. Bodie's horse had never been pinned on and she just went to it. It was all well, but Dina Finley, like she stepped up and let Brandon use Rico, her horse who he really clicks with. And if you've had a horse that you've clicked with, which I know you have Remy, Brandon hasn't had a horse that he's like clicked with like that since his mare Wanda died. So um, for Dina to let Brandon use Rico for that class really unbelievable. She didn't have to do that. She did love her for doing that for us, knowing what it meant for him. So big shout out to Dina for that. Yes, Dina is amazing. So is Scott. Yes. Very good people. Very good people. Important. Um well so there was another really big week for some friends of ours. And um it couldn't I mean I get goosebumps when I think about it. It uh so happy for them. It couldn't have happened to nicer folks or people. Kaysen and Malik. I don't know what the class was. Do you? They won or they were the reserve champions in the nine and a half at the World Series of Team Roping Finals or the finale. And it was the biggest team roping class that in um, is on yeah, in history. So um yeah, so I mean Kaysen it was awesome. That, and Malik Keggy. Yes, so it's Casey Wolf and Malik Keggy, um, and uh, they were leading it for a little bit. Like they went out there, and I think they had to be a nine, and they ran a really, really nice eight, like a eight and change. And yes, it was just I a super, super pretty run. And then um, I called Malik. I talked. I sent Malik a text, and I called him the next day, and he goes, "You know, I was mad for an hour and a half after that that I that we didn't win it." And I was like, "Well." They want a lot of money. They split. Oh, well, I was like, 151000 will make it a little easier to wipe up your tears. So. They split 309000 between the two of them. And just incredible. I mean, Malik's got three um, beautiful daughters who are... Malik's girls are between like 14 and 12, I'd say. 
I think so. It, 15 and 12, maybe. And Kaysen is um, there. He's a young dad, young family. You, you've had right. his wife on your other, on the beginning Patty. of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. But they're a young family. I mean, the kind of money that they want, people, most people don't make that in a year oh, individually. It's, it's life-changing money. Yeah. And the thing is, like, if you go and you watch the run, they just went and made a really good, solid run. And that's, so, you know, and that's the toughest thing. Like, we talk about a competition. That's the toughest thing. It's just like being in the practice pen at home. Mm. But that's a lot of pressure for being in the practice pen at home, especially well, when it's like, I, I think... I'm back. I got to turn my alarm off in a minute. Well, let me like, finish What's this. going on here, Remy? Um, I, cause I can't turn it off while the screen's on. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's almost easier to go make your run when you have to be like for team rope and when you got to be a low seven, then all you have to be is a nine. Right. Oh yeah. A little bit more pressure maybe makes it easier yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. Because like you don't have time to think, but like, well, you just got to go make a good practice run. Man, that's a lot. But they they looked they that run was phenomenal. I'm super happy and proud for them. And I am too. Malik wants to be on coffee with the cowgirls. <laughs> Maybe this week we'll get him. Maybe. Um, I, I, I I like Malik. We we bullshit a lot. I really like Malik, and I I really like his wife. I like his daughters. Wow. Um, Great family. It's Great a, family. and it's you know it's the same thing. Like I. There's been a lot of stuff lately where I've had some really good friends hit some big money, which is not just about the money. I mean, the money's great, no. but they've had some very big accomplishments. And, you know, for me, it's like such a good feeling, not because you have any credit for that. Like, I don't have credit for that, but you want to see people doing well in the world. And Ripley. like, um, you know, my girl, I posted the, I posted the article through um, our well, Facebook page. Yeah, and my girlfriend, Beth, um, won the intermediate non-pro. She had a hell of a run in the non-pro finals. Not as good as Brandon's, but a hell of a, as Brandon Westfalls, but a hell of a run in the finals. And I met her when she was working for the same guy that I ended up going to work for. And she actually, when she was down there, I'd send a horse down for training and she rode him a lot. And she was just a phenomenal hand. So super quiet, worked really hard. And... You know, she's been the part of a lot of people's dreams and it's never come together. It was never for her. It was never for her. And then this yeah. year, she actually had a phenomenal mare too and um, makes puts two down two super nice runs in the first and second goes of the open. And the gelding that she did so well in the non-pro didn't show very well in the open. Um, but this mare puts down two big runs. She's in the semifinals gonna make the intermediate open finals and the mayor came up um just a little bit off and what was sad is like i know she'd really banked on that mayor being her one because the other thing about futurity is that you don't show them all year and so when you have yeah. to nominate and you have to do all that like you're picking what you're gonna do and she's had a phenomenal year in the futurities anyway because some of the horses that she didn't take to texas she showed like I think she won the Idaho Futurity, Pacific Coast Futurity. She's won a bunch of Futurities, just not on those horses this year. It's been a great year for her. So um. so I, when I got up in the middle of the night thinking it was this morning, um, couldn't fall back to sleep right away. So then I was going through LinkedIn, of course. <laughs> and um, I found a thing and I had to write it down because I'm like, oh, it says, be thankful for all the people that spoke to the winner in you before you started winning. And I feel, I feel that so much. I feel that, I don't know, that is spoke to me. Um, it speaks to me on many different levels. Like there, well, I always get like, I mean, you and I have talked, you are coachable. I can be an uncoachable brat some days. And um, I've been working really hard to listen more to my husband and not take what he says. Like, like he's, he's getting after me because he sees something more in me and that's where he does it. And you would do the same to me, I'm sure, because that's 
how you guys are and you coach and hey, you're gonna we got we got like we got two shots this weekend for me to yell at you so <laughs> but i mean i i see it that way i see it um i see it i mean you've spoke to this before like the i i see it in a way that like um the people who don't go out of their way to talk to you before you're in your winning season and then when you're in your winning season then they they want you know to be by your side or whatever i don't know i see it that way i just see it so many different ways and i mean i think the other way to see it is that you as a per like it's and so it's not your job as a person i feel like it's one of my callings as a person right to find the best in people and to show them Me what too. they're you know to show them what they're capable of because a lot of people have no idea what they're capable of in ways both good and bad honestly um i had a friend come help me work at the ranch and he does a, he does big time construction and he told his wife when he went home he goes man i thought i worked hard i thought our crew worked hard he goes we don't work hard and for me that's just another day and it's not saying that i work so much harder than other people but then you'll talk to someone like, oh my God, I can't get this done and it's too much work. And like in my head, I'm like, God, it's not that much. But again, it's like, how big is your cup to carry? How big is your plate, right? Because what for me doesn't seem like a lot of work for someone else is um, monumental. And that's okay. And, that's, and that seems like I'm saying it in a negative light, but you're much more capable of doing more than you think. But you have, a lot of times you have to have someone tell you, like you can do it. Stay hooked, you're all right you can do it. And, um, I'm forever grateful for people that propped me up when I needed help or told me I was capable of more or expected me to be capable of more expected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's, you know, we talk about expectations, but what you expect of people is what they'll deliver. What you expect of dogs is what they'll deliver. What you expect of horses is what they will deliver. So when you set low expectations, it's really on you. Now I don't, I think that you should set your expectations like unrealistically high and then also have like realistic expectations, right? In the best of all possible worlds, we could do this. But most likely we're going to do here, right? But never set it like down here. That's on you. And then be upset because have you ever noticed this? Like someone that sets really low expectations and then you don't surpass them and then they're upset and you're like, well, if you only told me I needed to move three widgets today, I only needed to move three widgets. You didn't tell me to move a thousand widgets and I got 900 done. So, you know, I don't know if I'm like a huge, I don't attack things. Like I'm not like a goal. I wouldn't be like, well, I want to go win this class. That's not the kind of goals I set. Like my type of goals are more like, I really do want to be a better fucking horseman period. I mean, I get so fucking mad at myself, Remy, because I can't figure some things out. And like I say that, I like from, for me, like going into a show, I just wanna, like, I wanna be more consistent or like, that's the kind of goals I set for myself because I know that if I tell myself, like, I wanna win that class, well, that is never going to happen if I do that. So I have to be, like Brandon got after me this weekend because I was riding very aggressive in the team penning. For me, I was riding very aggressive. And I don't normally ride like that. And he's like, no, you gotta carry it under the sorting. The very first sorting class I rode, I called you and I'm like, I did terrible. Why did you do terrible? Because I chose to be unaggressive the whole fucking time until the last run. And then I finally figured it out. Like it was me not being aggressive and then your horse doesn't work as well. So then I got more aggressive and it worked better. So and then you won the eight. So, you know, I have to be aggressive, but Hold that's like I, I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm going to try and fix my alarm before it comes out again. But you should still be able to hear me. This is just, this is like old school today is what this is. I know flashbacks to what it used to be like. I'm back. No, I, but again, you have to have, you have to have people that believe in you because no matter how much we tell you to believe in yourself and you should, 
Um, when you hear negativity all the time, it's really easy to believe what you hear, to believe what you feed your brain and to believe what unintentionally warms its way into your brain. So if someone's, you know, if someone's around you, they're negative all the time and they're not pushing you to be better, then you start to believe what they say for better or worse, no matter how strong you are, you start to believe what they say. Now, if you're lucky, you have other people that tell you that that negativity isn't real, but it's true. And, you know, again, like for me, my calling is to make people the best that they can be at anything they want to do, not just at penning and sorting. And I think you're right. As far as competition, if you go there, we used to have some friends that would ride and they would go there to beat specific people. Like I'm going to beat person X. I don't carry those goals. Yeah. And I'm just like, if you do that, you've already lost because my thing is I want my horses to work well. I want to ride to the best of my ability and I hope it comes together. Right. But if I do all the things I'm, I'm capable of doing, then someone has to come beat me. Right. If I go make good runs, someone has to come beat me, but I can't be chasing someone else to beat them. No. I mean, it's not a, it's not a secret because I've shared this multiple times. I mean, I'm my worst enemy, my own worst enemy. Like it's mindset for me and I beat myself up more than anything. I tell myself that I can't do it. I mean, and that's, if you continuously tell yourself that you can't do it, you, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. You won't do it. And I've had to work really hard on changing that. And I've thought about that a lot over the weekend and what, because I wasn't thinking about that this weekend. And there were a lot of factors, like the music was really loud, which I loved because then I didn't, I just jammed out and had fun. I didn't, I couldn't think, you know, it was raining. I liked the rain. I felt like a cowgirl out there. It was fun. It stopped me from thinking about all the things that could go wrong. Um, but the main thing is, I think the main thing is, I don't think I know the main thing is, is it I've surrounded myself with such a group of people, Remy and I talking every week. I have like, like, oh my fuck. Like I've been doing a weekly therapy session for myself and I didn't even know it. <laughs> I, I, I told you it's therapy for a proxy. <laughs> no, I, it's, uh, that's like my, let's see, where's my camera? My mug is all my, I got it for my birthday. Oh, and um, so it's all pictures of my girl gang and then my kids on there. But it's the same thing. Like, um, like when I have bad days and again, I didn't used to lean on people. Now I can lean on someone to tell me, hey, it's really shitty right now and you're going to get through it and you can feel all the feelings, but you don't get to stop. You can rest. You just don't get to stop. And, um, again, like, I know it's like we harp on the same thing, but find a couple friends that tell you it's shitty, but then give you a way to make it better or just become cheerleaders because fuck, it's rough out there. <laughs> um, it feels like it some days. Yeah, yeah it does. And then other days you're like, all right, well, you know, this is, it's, it's great and it's magical and then it's shitty and it's horrible. And then there's a lot of in between, but for me, like I always try to find the magic every day. I really do. Cause like, you know, I get paid to ride pretty ponies. Like that's what I get. I get paid to look at cows and ride pretty ponies. So, well, it's just, I mean, I don't know. It isn't it freeing though, too. Like when you're just like, I can do this. Yeah, I think that that's what I was just going to say. Like, so um, on Wednesday, we had to work cattle and it took a lot of helping hands. And I just remember, I mean, the reason that we had to work the cattle really sucked because they were getting sick. But I looked around and I just started smiling and laughing because, well, all the people who showed up to help us, A, but B, everybody was super happy, Remy. Because they felt like they were living a day of Yellowstone. Yep. And um, I felt like I was living a day of Yellowstone too. And to be able to live that life, find the magic in it, the joy, 
it's pretty damn awesome. And it's awesome if you're losing or winning. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's so much good to this life if you take the time to just. No, you know, and I, I, I think that's why I talk about like, you know, finding bite-sized pieces of joy, right? Find the magic in what you do. Because like when we get off here, I get to go sludge the mud because it, it rained. And, We're going to go to work uh, is what you're saying. And my feed cart doesn't have tires on it at the moment. So I have to push a wheelbarrow around and feed horses. Now I could be pissed off about it, right? I could be upset that I have to do those things. But again, it's going to take me twice as long to feed with the wheelbarrow. Because um, James says I should take the tractor. Now I have a haystack that has that's under a very nice cover that's right next to my feed bunkers for the cattle. And it's a very narrow spot. And I don't trust myself to drive the tractor in there and not break something. So I am just going to climb on top of the haystack and throw the hay down and put in the wheelbarrow and push it through the mud because I don't want to break other things. But it'll take, it'll take me twice as long. But again, am I really going to bitch because I'm out there by myself? Um, like I posted the picture from me feeding yesterday. You know, I said, are you ready to slay the day with my dragon coffee cup? You look at that picture, there's golden light behind it. It's so pretty. It's so quiet. And again, I get paid to pet and ride pretty horses. Hell am I complaining about my day? Yeah. Yes, it's work. It's very hard work. I work very hard at what I do. But man, it's great. And I, you know, I am lucky. I don't, I have clients, but I don't have a boss. I don't have to report to someone. And I know we don't have bosses. We have partners, Remy, which I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's true too. So, you know, you know um, I, uh, it's it's, and it's not just because we do. Look, I I live a great life. You live a great life. It's very fun, but you can find bite-sized pieces of joy in every day, whether it's that you found a new coffee, that you got, um, that you saw the sun. Like I'm such a weirdo because like I love birds and I love clouds. So I love like when the sun comes through the clouds and it shines through and like, it's magical, you know, like, how do you think that there's nothing bigger behind that? Right. When you see that golden light coming through the clouds or a hawk comes to sit on your fence. And for me, I like crows. I know most people don't, but I think that they're very funny. You're freaking spooky Remy. But not even that, like if you're like, I, like everyone, okay, so crows are black, fair enough. But if you're watching them, they're very funny. And um, for us, like, so we have giant light poles in our arena and um, the crows teach their babies to fly across our arena. So they go from light pole to light pole. And it's really, I think it's funny. You watch the fledglings like try and first they go the short distance from light pole to light pole. Um, along the side of our arena and it's like 50 feet and you watch them kind of go like this and barely make the next light pole and then pretty soon you're out there loping horses and they're like going the whole thing they're doing dive bomb patterns it's very fun to watch over three or four days then learn how to fly and um i also want side note i wanted a pet crow because i am that spooky bitch and uh, i love birds where do you even get a pet crow from i didn't know okay, there was so this thing. is my story so we have um a ton of crows and also i probably like them because they don't mess with my trash this is what happens to other people they don't mess with my trash my dogs do a good enough job of messing with my trash that the crows don't need to um and uh one had fallen down into the alley because it you know they're learning how to fly it it didn't fly so it's so a you would keep it so i was like i'm gonna pick up this crow and i'm gonna put him in my chicken coop which at the time was empty. It's not now because, oh my God, that's another story. I'm going to get to that story next. Um, they are infested with disease, Remy. Fine. So I go to, I go to pick it up. I go to pick up the baby crow that's like hopping along and it like goes, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I got dive bombed by 15 crows. Like I ran screaming down. The moms, the aunts, the uncles, oh, yeah. no, like their baby. I was gonna die, so so oh I didn't God. get that. I did. I didn't get that crow. Actually, Kyle caught it later. I did feed it in my chicken coop until it got to where it could fly, and then I turned it loose. And there is still a crow that kind of follows me around the barn all the time. So maybe it's that one. Maybe. I mean, I didn't really want. To, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I want a pet crow, but I don't actually want a pet crow. Like I love birds in the wild. I don't want them in my house. 
Like, I don't even really like my chickens. But side note about people overcommitting. I'm scared of birds, so there's, like, no chickens, nothing happening okay, here. So James loves, uh, when he was little, he used to raise, like, game birds, like pheasants and all of that, right? And he'd sell them to hunting clubs. So we were trying to find chicks for a while because the boys wanted chickens. And, like, nowhere had anything. Or they... I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm not invested in chickens at all. They freak me out. I know I say I like birds, but chickens freak me out because they run really fast. It weirds me out. And uh, oh god! so he calls me and I can hear chicks in the truck. And I'm like, oh, you found some chicks. And then I hear like, I'm paying attention. I'm like, that's not a few chicks. Like that's lots. That's, that's I go, are you still in tractor's play? He goes, no, I have the chickens in here. And Brayden was with him and he's like, yeah, we got like 45 chickens. I was like, ha, 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 ha. No, he did because when he went to Tractor Supply, the chicks were like a little bit older and they said they'd give him a good deal if he took all of them. So he took all of them and now I have 45 chickens in my chicken coop. <laughs> I don't do anything with them, Kyle does. Well, it, um, a learning experience for Kyle. And, and um, this would not be the first time that James overbought because he did it with goats one time too. He told me that I'd he bought have chickens and goats. Goats yeah, are assholes. He said that he bought goats. And I go, oh, how many did you buy? Because I'm thinking like three or four. He came home with like 60 goats in the trailer. And then we had to unload them into our barn because they're going somewhere. And like. Um, and they climb. They jump. No, like, yeah, they had to go into like my big 24 stall horse barn. The one that we don't yeah. put anything in. Like, because it's a pain to clean. Like a big giant barn. Because they will get out of everything. Yeah, and then he also bought Barbie doe sheep. So we're unloading them and they're pinging off the top of my stalls. So I never, I, James isn't allowed. I mean, he is allowed to buy things, but I will prefer him buying cattle over goats or Over chicken. his exotic. We had a Barbie doe sheep one time. Brandon thought it was cool to let it roam the yard. And it roamed our yard, and it was mean as They're hell. They're wild. They're so wild. Yeah. We had to rope it to get rid of it because <laughs> it was mean. It, it was. Uh, oh, you know, these are all. But, yeah. But again, right? Finding the best in people. I am James's biggest cheerleader. So, like, if we're on a chicken adventure, we're now on a chicken adventure. I'm just not taking care of them because. I got a lot of other things to take care of that don't run really fast at me. I think the chicken is like one of the fastest animals on land. They're just gross. And they're weird how they move. Chickens are weird how they move. Like they. Well, so it was like the last month has been like the biggest, funnest month in the horse industry because it was, well, the working cow horse. Yep. Uh, snap of it, fraternity. It was um, NCHA's going on for the last month. That just finished up. Uh, the NFR. What what other big one was there? Wasn't there something else that was big? World Series. Oh, yeah. The World Series. Um, the U.S. shootout finals. So many big events you, going on. And when you had USTPA finals at the same time as oh, the Oh, yeah. Season. USTPA. I was like, there's more. I know that there's more. It, um, just a lot of big, fun events to watch. Um, so awesome. And now we're down to just Yellowstone every week. So look forward to, dang it. But, uh, another success story was that NCHA fraternity. I didn't get to see it and I can't remember her name. Lindy, Lindy Thorne, Lindy Thorne, one and on feeling dangerous. I Which love is it. also an amazing name. Because it is an amazing name. So if you again, if you don't really follow this, his registered name is P H I L space N space dangerous, which like which comes out dangerous. as feeling dangerous, which is amazing. Yes, and he's um, a hottish. Hottishes went first and second, uh, champion and reserve champion, which is so cool, uh, and hopefully helps us out in the long run here. <laughs> uh, but. Um, she had a huge success story because I want to say that Brandon told me she'd only won like, and I could be wrong about this, but I swear Brandon told me that she'd only won like 40,000 up in NCHA up to that point. Is that correct? 
Yeah, she yeah. did have like a big lifetime earnings and um and it all came together as hell run. I watched the whole finals on my um she won well, a half a million dollars. Yeah, like but I mean it was a phenomenal run. So uh Morgan Cromer was third. So I'm you know, I'm watching it all as I was spraying for termites because you, mom things. And um Morgan had a hell of a run started and I was like she and like at that time I think leading it was like a two twenty three. I was like, Oh Morgan's got this all day. Then her cow comes out and her third cow just drug her all over the pen. They couldn't get her cleaned up. I think she got like two moves on it before the buzzer went off. And I was like, man, it's going to be like another 20 years before we see a woman win this. I'm like, so happy. For and her. then like she came out there oh. and I mean, smoked them. So it was awesome. Cause it wasn't even close. Like, um, like I, for those of you who don't know how like monumental this is, when was the last time a woman has like, won it? It was like 20 years ago. And a woman who was virtually unknown, now she's known. So, and she had an owner who just believed in her and wouldn't move the horse out of training with her. Again, when, right? Find another final winner in you. Oh my God. I know. I was like, it gave me goosebumps to read her story. Um, truly remarkable. You know, she's a mom too. She's a mom. She's an entrepreneur. She's a wife. She definitely appears like she's doing all of the things and I'm very I'll, happy. I'll for tell her. you, I noticed it a lot this, a lot more this year at the fraternity. You saw a lot more trainers wives showing, you know, stepping into that spotlight rather than just managing the barn behind them. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was a it was a big year, but no, that was awesome. It was Lindy Thorne. I mean, no, it was amazing, and it was such a fantastic run. Yeah, huge congratulations to her. Um, and again, it's like when you watch those things, that's magic too. When you watch those big time runs, like if you watch the non pro finals, and you watch Brandon's run. Like I mean, everything comes together, and those it just it is. It's poetry in motion. It's amazing to watch when it all yeah. you know when it's all good and so good. Oh, I, uh, but it, it is, it's true, right? Find the people that find the winner in you. Also believe that there's a winner in you because it's again, really easy to believe that there's not. Or and that if you're a bunch of shitty people, just get away from them. Go some, go be by yourself, I guess. I don't know. You know what? It's like, I think for, it's like you talk about listening to podcasts, right? James listens to a lot of podcasts. I listen to spooky podcasts. I listen to true crime podcasts. But James sends me stuff all the time too of that, what he's listening to because some people, so if you're not comfortable having like a group of friends, because some people aren't comfortable having a lot of friends or even a few friends, right? They, they feel, some people feel burdened by friendship. They don't want to make the connection. And, and I think you need to address that in yourself, but until you do, um, listen to podcasts, listen to stuff that makes you feel yeah. good. And, and shows you what different way to look at the world. Cause that's the other thing is do not surround yourself with completely like-minded people. There is no growth in staying in the same situation and believing the same things. And what she's saying is that you don't have to physically be yeah. standing yeah. next to somebody because sometimes you can't always find those people. They're just not in your area or, uh, whatever. Um, that's how I started. I couldn't find them like physically. So I did it through podcasts and I wholeheartedly believe in that. And to this day, I still lean into and onto podcasts um, from people who I really respect and like. Um, I, I'm a believer of it. I'm a whole believer of it. You do not have to be in the standing in the same room. I feel like I kind of get, because I'm so passionate about it, I get a little pissed off when somebody tells me, well, I can't find them or I can't find that person. I'm like, all you have to do is listen. Well, I don't know where I would start. Well, come on now. I didn't know where to fucking start either, but I just tried. You have to want to be better for yourself. No, you do. And it's like, uh, so for me, like I read, I mean, I read a lot, right? So, and I talk a lot on the phone and I think what it is is, I think 
you develop into it and just certain friends have like that person that's the center. So I am the unstable rock in the middle of my friend circle. But, we, you know, like they all went to U.S. finals and they got a phone call about three days into the show and they go, I did not realize how much you keep us all together. No idea because we're all falling apart. But at the same time, so for me, it's easy to be the per I'm I'd rather be the person leaned on than the person leaning onto someone, which I've gotten better about because, again, you can see the winner in someone or you can be the person that got the winner seen in them and it needs to go both ways at some point in your life. You can't always be the one finding the good. Some people have to find good in you. But for me, it comes from conversation and it comes from reading. Now for James, what he does, because he watches TikTok and Facebook, so then he'll see like a little snippet, right? Because that's what they, everyone has. They have the little reels or the shorts and he'll find someone and then he goes to YouTube and watches their whole video because something in that small clip spoke to him. Now, some guys he'll go and watch and then he's like, the more I watched him, the less I liked this person. But that leads you on to other things. So it is, yes, it's work, but it's not that much work. And just listen, and again, just listen, but don't make excuses for why you can't find your community especially with the internet, there's a giant community for everyone out there. You just yeah. have to find what works for you. Uh, one thing that I've started to do recently, and I wish I would have done it a long time ago, was just like write down things I'm thankful for, the things that I want to work on. And I like writing to God while I'm doing it and just kind of, cause I feel like, and then I give it to him and just so much to be thankful for. Um, I know we talked about this and I wanted to mention it. I met the neatest girl in Vegas this weekend. Her name was Grace Reed. Uh, beautiful little, little soul who's so kind hearted and a great rider. Um, she was borrowing some of Patrick's horses who they, she was riding a lot of horse, which she'd never done before. And she did fantastic. Uh, she made some huge finals. She won the youth with Billy Moore, who's an awesome, he's also another great kid. Um, they won the youth class and then Grace won the high point saddle. So, so cool. And she's been, um, she's been battling an illness for a while. So, um, if you guys follow her, I think she's a rodeo queen too, right? For up there. You know, we talked and I, I think that, um, I think that may have come up, but I can't really remember. Yeah. So I, I think she's got like an open Facebook page. She, um, super upbeat she's someone that you really kind of want to look to because she's going through a lot and man she's smiling she keeps you updated like when she does her facebook lives they're very genuine and you can tell she's in pain but she's always looking for the good and i um, agree with what remy said a hundred percent i mean i could tell that right away like she's been dealt a hand that is a hard one for sure. You know, she but, did other things she could do is, and you see this and that's why it's so admirable. Someone like her could let all that darkness swallow her up. She could not be out. In the, you know, she could not be out in the public. She could go hide. She's taking medication and it's probably prednisone. Like I haven't asked her about it just because it, she has the moon face from it. I've had friends that had lupus and had the same response. And this I think she uses it to fuel her fire. Remy. I think I, so honestly. too, because she, doesn't back away from it. She doesn't no. care. She's taking up space in this very wholesome and genuine way. And she's so positive. And again, there's some of those people that are beacons of light, right? Yeah. So some if you're having are, a bad day. Yeah. Like some people are reflectors of light, but she is a beacon of light. And, you know, we should all have some of that fire in us. So if you're having a bad day and you're wanting to feel sorry for yourself, go introduce yourself to Grace Reed. I Yes, Grace Reed, because um, I can tell you she's not feeling sorry for herself. And if she does, it's a very small snippet yeah. of her day that she's feeling sorry for herself. You know, what, and I think we talk about that a lot, too, right? Because I hate I hate the toxic positivity, right? You can't be upset. Everything's great. No, sometimes things are really shitty. They just yeah. can't swallow you whole, Right. You need to shake it off and have a cry or a vent or go doom scroll for 15 minutes on your phone, but come back again. Don't stop. Just rest. Come back. And again, you know, um, 
I got a lot of text messages after our, our holiday one because it's true because we are coming into the season of. I got so much about that too. Yeah, because shocking. So you got to think where you were 10 years ago, it was probably much more stressful for you than it is now. And uh, I haven't even bought a single present yet, Remy. Okay, someone walked in my house. My boys do like the, they have like the gift thing at school where you give them money and they get to buy presents for everyone in the family and it's like $2 and it's never anything we need. Um, but you know, they get to go pick out their own stuff. So yeah. someone comes in and like the teachers all help them wrap it. So my tree looks gorgeous because there's all these presents under the tree and someone's like, you did all your Christmas shopping. I was like, I did none of it. That is just because my boys bought everything for at school. So I look halfway ready. I'm not ready at all. Um, like I told you before we started, I'm making James something for Christmas in my leather shop. And uh, I can't get the sewing machine to work. So I'm having to hand stitch it, which means that I spent most of my night last night stabbing myself because um, well, I'm getting a little nervous because um, last night I was looking at a few things for the boys and it's like, there was only like one of the things that said arrives before Christmas. Everything else is like, I'm like, oh shit, Amazon can't even get it to me before yeah, Christmas. No, Amazon can't anymore. I know. I have a couple things that I bought, but yeah, I don't know. Also, I think it gets harder and harder to buy things for Christmas and we buy stuff all year. So well, I know what I want to get them now. It's just a matter of finding it. So they're both getting the same thing. Oh yeah. I bought my boys some jeans at the nfr for christmas so i love it no it's uh but i i got a lot of feedback on that because it's true there is a lot of pressure and i think the holidays make it worse because again it's that toxicity that you let into your life right well, so you, you let you let family and friends get away with more or family and acquaintances get away with more because it's the holiday season and you're going to be the peacemaker do not shatter your peace because it's cold outside. I, after we had that conversation, I saw all of these things going around social media and it, it said Christmas was meant to be simple. Something like that to that. Is that right? Did you see it? Yeah. And I'm like, there's so much truth to that. It wasn't meant to be all of this hubbub. I mean, I've got a few presents under the tree, but my dogs have tried to eat most of them. <laughs> there's wrapping paper everywhere. Well, um, the, I literally that. had a conversation 15 minutes after we wrapped our podcast last week and it was a client and she said that she goes, well, I was kind of upset. We were talking last night and I asked my kids their favorite Christmas memory and none of them said the big Christmas dinner. She goes, I did the Alaskan king crab legs and I did the prime rib and I did all of that. And I go, well, what was their favorite memories? Right. Cause they, she has adult kids, but what was their favorite memories? She goes feeding the homeless because we used yeah. to go to TGI Fridays on Christmas Eve after we fed the homeless and it was always a lot of fun. And then the white elephant gifts. And I looked at her and I said, well, don't, don't you think that's even better? Cause those are memories for them. It's not about the yeah. food and the spread and all of that and how perfect it looked. It was by being with their family. You know, um, my niece spent a lot of time in the Ronald McDonald house as a child and uh, we did it for quite a few years. We did, um, as a family served Thanksgiving dinner for them. And I, I mean, I don't remember a lot of other Thanksgiving dinners, but I remember those because we were doing it as a family for the good of someone else. And um, yeah. But you know, I, I think, I, and I think too, it's a generational, I mean, I think it's a general, like my mom's generation, my client's generation was the big spreads on Christmas, right? Like with, looking like a Norman Rockwell painting, all the things and being perfect and dressing up. But that isn't what Christmas is about. And, no. You know, I think it's like you said, you want to do experience, like experiences are better gifts. It's the same thing for us. We're going snowboarding the week after Christmas. Really, that's our big Christmas gift. And, um, you know, you, you start to realize diff that different things matter and it isn't about how much you can buy someone. It shouldn't be about how much you can buy someone. It should be how you make them feel because the be like my best presents aren't expensive presents. It's something that someone really thought out, you know? And um, like I said, my girl gang gave me seven days of presents this year. And each one of them was very well thought out. They weren't super extravagant gifts, 
which I'm not trying to say that in a bad way, but like I, they gave me like a, these shower steamers, which are awesome. They're like these little discs that have scent in them and they steam oh, in the like shower. A bath bomb. Yeah. yeah, like a bath bomb for the shower because I stay in the shower. And then um, like a book of affirmations. I got this super cool mug. I got another super cool mug. I got a plush blanket. Like, again, things that are very specific to me and made me feel super loved and appreciated. So, well, uh, so I'm not like, I told you I'd rather do experiences, but my kids have been asking for pit bikes for a very long time. I'm talking like years, Remy. And I'm, I'm kind of worried about it, but I think that we're going to get them pit bikes because then they'll have something to do. We don't know much about them, though. I don't I'm, know. I'm just going to tell you what every cattleman told me is don't get your son a dirt bike or a quad. They'll never ride again. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm buying helmets with them, and I'm only getting them a 110. I don't even care because I looked. I'm like, the other one goes, like, really fast. So they're not getting that. But I'm thinking that that is what we're going to do because, Yeah. They've been, that is like, you know, what, what, be like with you guys being out where you're at, they'll have a lot of fun on them. It'll be fun. Yeah. And I, like I said, I mean, especially Bronson, he's been asking for a pit bike for like the last three years. I know that getting him the one that goes 75 to 80 miles an hour is not the answer, but the one that goes 30 is probably okay. Yes. So, you know, but it, but that's what I'm saying is like, again, right. That it's something that he's wanted and it makes sense and you can do those things. But you know, you see some people and it's like, they buy their kid 9,000 presents. Yeah, no, that's it. That just to make them and look, I'm guilty of it too. Now what I do is like, I just buy presents that go together and then I wrap them each separately. So they have a lot of stuff to open, but you know, my kids all want art supplies this year, which is great. So, and you have a lot of kids, I have a lot of kids. So if I, well, I mean, I got to wrap this up, but we are going to see each other for the first time. I know well, for the first time since we show. started this. I know we haven't seen each other since your show in Vegas in April. Right. Yeah. Cause you didn't, so you, we you didn't come to the other Vegas and I didn't go to this Vegas. No, you've seen my husband a lot, but <laughs> not me. But anyway, we're going to be at Colton Appenzeller's show. Rockin' A Productions, his Christmas show. Um, it's going to be a big one, too. I think there's lots of people going. So hopefully the weather stays halfway warm. It's supposed, it was cold last year. And I don't think you were there last year. Were you, Remy? No, I was home getting Christmas ready. So, so looking forward to seeing Remy tomorrow. Um, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of people. Yes, and then we might do a Facebook Live while we're there. With some fans or something. Yeah, you should tell Malik to come over. We'll interview him about what it's I'm like. I'm going to do that. I did, I did the same thing. I always do. I called him and I was like, so what's it like to be a winner? I just want to know. <laughs> I'm like, I'll I I've told everybody who will listen, Malik, that my friend just won that. <laughs> oh, but all right. Well, everybody have a great week. Um, we'll see you maybe on Facebook Live tomorrow. Uh, Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Bye, Ram. Bye.